You can expect mountaintop experiences, even though they're not daily, but you can also expect that life is going to be filled with seasons of trouble. Verse 7, because of the extraordinary revelations, therefore I will not exalt myself a thorn in the, uh, uh, so that I would not exalt myself. A thorn in the flesh was given to me, a messenger of Satan to torment me so that I would not exalt myself. Now, again, people like to speculate. What was Paul's thorn? Paul didn't tell us. Okay, so relax. You don't need to know. It doesn't matter. What does matter is it hurt. Literally, it means a, 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 a sharp thing. Paul said it was like a knife in me. It was like a stick poking me all the time. I hated it. Can you imagine how hard that must have been for Paul? One moment, he's experiencing heaven. Next moment, thorn. You know, Sunday, close to God, heaven. Monday, pain. Sunday, chocolate cake. Monday, turnips and broccoli. I I actually kind of like broccoli. I think one of the most dangerous lies that people believe is that you're entitled to happiness, that you need to pursue happiness. People talk about it all the time as though it's the ultimate goal. Parents will tell their kids, I just want you to be happy. I hear Christians say, hey, well, as long as the person is happy, that's all that matters. Happiness becomes the supreme moral to justify everything. Hey, if it doesn't make you happy, you might as well quit. Leave your job, leave your family, leave your marriage, because what really matters is your happiness. And people make happiness their pursuit. But God doesn't say pursue happiness. He says pursue holiness. Be holy as I am holy. And happiness will be the byproduct. One of the, most, one of the great guarantees to be miserable is to pursue happiness, right? It will elude you. Remember Sheryl Crow's song, If It Makes You Happy, It Can't Be That Bad? If it makes you happy, why do you feel so sad? Because happiness is a horrible goal. Paul, James says in James 1, 2, consider it great joy whenever you experience various trials because you know the testing of your faith produces endurance. And let endurance have its full effect so you may mature, complete, lacking nothing. And that's what we really want. Not momentary happiness. What we want is to be mature, complete, not lacking anything. Talked to a pastor this past week, said, how you doing? We hadn't talked for several years. He said, I'm doing okay now, but he said, I went through about a three, four year period there that was really difficult. He had somebody on staff that was a friend, and uh, they became unhappy, started spreading rumors, created division, said especially the wife, and he said they had to let the staff member go, and it caused a lot of anger in the church. He said he felt betrayed. He said, but, but Brett, I, I can tell you that three, four-year period, my, I was so hungry to study the Bible every day. My prayer life was never more meaningful. I was never more dependent on God. That's what God wants. That's what we want. We want not to be temporarily happy, but to be close to God so that we can really experience it by saying, the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want One pro football coach said there are two kinds of coaches in the NFL, them that's been fired and them that's going to be fired. 
There are two kinds of Christians, those who suffer and those who are going to suffer. The Bible teaches there are several reasons why we suffer. One reason we suffer is just because we live in a broken world. In this world, Jesus said, you will have suffering. When Adam and Eve allowed sin to come into the world, sin, uh, the world broke down. So tornadoes happen, houses burn. God's not punishing you. It's just you live in a broken world. Second reason we suffer sometimes is because of our own disobedience. After your parents tell you don't stick your finger in the electrical socket and you stick your finger in the electrical socket, you really can't say to your parents, why did you create a house like this? You know, it's like, well, no, you didn't obey. If you, um, if you get drunk and wreck your car or do drugs and lose your clearance, if you have sex outside marriage and now you have trouble with intimacy in your relationships, don't blame God. You're experiencing the reward of your actions. But sometimes, and this is the point here in this passage, sometimes we suffer because God wants to mature us. Verse 7, so that I would not exalt myself. See, God wanted to bless Paul with humility. A thorn in the flesh was given to me, a messenger of Satan to torment me so that I would not exalt myself. Loving parents let their kids <laughs> suffer. I heard the story, true story, of a kid that got in trouble. His friends were doing something bad. They got pulled in by the police. He wasn't participating in it, but he was with them. Finds himself in prison, calls his dad. Gets his one call, calls dad. Says, dad, I'm in jail. I need to... His dad interrupts him. Says, son, stop right there. Did I do anything to get you in jail? No. I'm not going to do anything to get you out of jail. Click. <laughs> the judge is, you know, they're in the hearing now in front of the judge, and the judge is handing out the sentences, and he says to the young man, did you call home? Yes. What did your dad say? My dad said, he didn't get me into trouble. He's not going to get me out of trouble. The judge says, I think you're in more trouble when you get home. You're free to go. Kind of thing. Good parents let kids experience the consequences so they can grow. Endure suffering, Paul, Hebrews chapter 12, 7. As discipline, God is dealing with you as sons. We had human fathers who disciplined us, and we respected them for it. A.W. Tozer says it's doubtful whether God can ever bless anybody greatly until he has hurt him deeply. If you're going through a season of trouble right now, God has not abandoned you. He's growing you. Frederick Douglass said there is no struggle. Where there is no struggle, there is no progress. 